guys, welcome back to another episode of the Getting Cash Flow Game podcast with K and K. Getting Cash Flow Game podcast. Though. It's like, is this a radio show or did you say this is I a I don't podcast? know. Are you confused? I think they already know this is a podcast. Okay, let's start over because that's lame. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. You said to let it go. God, you okay, fine. Have... Let it go. Just let's just just keep it moving. We're not going to redo the intro. It's great. Welcome back to another episode of Getting the Cash Flow Game with K&K. Yes, folks, this is a podcast. We are actually recording from New York. We're holding the microphone in our laps. We have cocktails in front of us. We have a great view outside. So if you're listening to this, shame on you. You should YouTube it and look at the background shot. Crystal's wearing a fabulous leather coat. You look good. Also known as a jacket. Sorry, a jacket. Jacketta. So we are in New York. Why, Crystal? Uh, we were here for a event that um, our PR company was having. Uh, they had last night, so it was cool. We got to meet a lot of different people. We actually got to meet face to face the people that we are working with, which is awesome. And um, we got to have fun in the city, which is not something we get to do very often. So, yeah. And this is—I'm um, not sure, Monty. Have we done any another? Have we done a podcast for the year? So, first one this year, Crystal and I are sitting down together. Crystal's been busy. So, Crystal, can... Oh, like a solo, yeah. Yeah, so can you kind of... Let's talk about what's, 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 what's new, what's going on with us. Um, not the... Like, with us, what's new? We hired a PR firm, so we're trying to get more exposure through media, like... Yeah, articles. I mean, you're pretty much the person who heads up the marketing thing. Um, yep. I think if anybody knows me, they know that I have a difficult time. I can buy an apartment building, but I have a difficult time investing in marketing. So it's gotten easier, but Kenny is really the driver of uh, the marketing stuff. He likes it. He's good at it. And um, he's passionate about it. So I just sort of follow along. But it's been good. Honestly, you've had really good success so far with the, the marketing that you've been doing. And actually, we've had the PR company for maybe a few months. And you're already getting a lot of traction. I think we're on a couple other podcasts coming up um, that they set up for us. You got an article in realtor.com, I hear. I don't know. And um, we've done all this media training for, you know, going on the news and doing all kinds of other things. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. I think it's all good stuff. And, you know, this, the market is sort of funky right now. And this is the time when people cut things like marketing and stuff. And this is where we've kind of put our foot on the gas. Like getting a PR firm is a – major investment and so we did that this year even knowing that things were uncertain just because I think the number one thing that we have to, to say to ourselves is that we believe in ourselves and in our capabilities and so why not invest in yourself in your business uh I think it's 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 more important to do it when everybody else is is shying away um you might need to pivot but it's also really important to do that like when the market's shifting is to continue with marketing and bringing in business yeah the one thing i've learned is um whether any business but we'll just talk about real estate because that's what we do but whether it's realtors or loan officers we know that are the top of their game um going back to like the last crash i remember people that were um like i'm like how is your business picking up how are you doing more loans like you, like I can't even get business like businesses like people are like losing their houses and there's own officers like growing through it and getting busier and so I never understood that right because you're like how is that possible and then now 2022 
Um, unfortunately, uh, rates are higher, which we're going to get into. And business has slowed for a lot of, it's slow for a lot of people. Like in my industry, I mean, take a company like better.com. Hate to use better, but I'm going to use them. Just last year, this time, they had 8,500 employees. I think right now they have under 3,000. Wow. So in our industry, a lot of people are cutting employees. A lot of people are moving around. A lot of people are just moving around jobs, which if you're listening to this and you don't know, like I'm doing loans for people that are, have, have great careers, like make great money, tech, sales, this, that. They're moving all over. So it's very interesting times. And I actually didn't pay attention. So I started noticing, I was like, Rose, a lot of people are moving around. And then um, one of the podcasts I listened to, they're talking about how people are just moving jobs. And I think people waited to the pandemic and they went. But back to what we were saying is, so I told Crystal, when I started following people, I started realizing like at this time, this is where you actually want to grow your network, grow your brand when things are contracting. And I remember Grant Cardone said this many, many years ago, love him or hate him. The guy knows how to scale. He said, if a recession comes, you should hit the gas and that's where you should pick up more market share, do more marketing and spend more money. And I was like, this guy is crazy, but we're doing it. And people around us, I know that do really, really well are doing it too. And that's why they grow during these times. So anyways, you know, who you're surrounded by, what you're doing matters. Um, but otherwise we are buying real estate. Um, we're buying deals. I think we just closed on a deal. We're actively yeah, looking we're about to close. On we're about to close on a deal. We're actively looking at deals. Yes. The market's very, very, See, I know nothing about marketing and you know nothing about which properties we're buying. Yep. Yeah. People go, <laughs> Hey, did you close on that? I got to know call crystal. So, um, that's why we're a great team. But what I would say is that we are moving forward. Yes, the market is very interesting. As we shoot this video right now, the date is uh, May 12th. So, well, because when we discuss things, these are pivotal dates. When well, we nowadays, back. yeah, from one day to the next. I mean, if this podcast comes out in two weeks from now, the landscape could be completely different. Uh, one thing I want to say before you move on to the market, though, is um, one thing I really appreciate about you is that I think a lot of us tend to get stuck, like when people freak out um, or when things get tough, like people get paralyzed because they don't know what to do. They don't know what the right decision is, what the right move is. And you, Kenny, are always the type, like, for example, when COVID hit and everybody was, you know, quarantined at home, like within the first week you were like no now's not the time for us to freak out and not do anything and sit at home and worry like now is the time for us to put our foot on the gas to get busier than ever to really work on our business and i i feel like that has been um huge for us that it's it's like one of your it's like it's something the fighter that, it's the yeah. fight or flight mode yeah but it's just something that you do like pretty innately and so it helps it's Thanks, helped me dear. Um, but it's helped me, but also I think it's a really good mindset too, because it's really easy to sit at home and worry and stress and not do anything. And so to actually move and keep moving the needle when everyone else is frozen and throwing their hands in the air and not knowing what to do, that's where you, you can make really huge gains. So I think that's been a really pivotal thing for us in our business is that when everyone's slowing down, we're like, what do we do to do more? What can we do? Yeah. I mean, I remember when I remember when COVID hit, I actually called Monty. Um, and I just said, I literally said, Hey, I know I'm calling you, but just so you know, like I was giving her the talk, like this is the time where this is the time where you get hungry, you get more aggressive. You, you, this is the fight or flight. This is the caveman. Like this is where you 
fight for your family. You, you go all in. There are so many people like, oh, I'm going to take the time off. I'm going to do nothing. And I, w- I remember I was like, you know what, Monty? Everybody's at home. So everybody's stuck at home. So well, and the people the that we want to get in our pockets stuck at home, they're doing nothing. Let's hit them up. Oh, yeah, it was a great note. Think about it. There are people now that you would have never, ever, ever seen on a Zoom. And Nick's sitting in the room staring at us, by the way. And you know this. Never, there's people that would have never gone on a Zoom call, never gone on a podcast because of COVID. There could have been a money manager. Well, we they, got people that we would have never got. We, no, got, we got multiple guests that we would have never but, got but, because but we Nick, reached out But Nick, because I'm talking about, there's money managers, people behind the people that have all the money that never, you saw them on a two and a half minute clip on CNBC. You could never find an interview. Somebody reached out and said, hey, would you be able to do a Zoom call? Well, I'm not doing anything else. Sure, let's go on. Then all of a sudden that went from, now they're doing Zoom calls. Now they're going on stage. They realize, wait a minute. Wow, a lot of people like to hear what I have to say. A lot of people, I'm helping people, and they started realizing, even though somebody told them this, COVID changed the life for them. It changed. So there are so many great people that we never, ever, ever got to hear from that now are like regulars on podcasts. They have their own podcasts. They're doing interviews. And so there's just no excuse. So as Crystal's saying is, there are people, just because I get to follow that I, I'm less fearful because I, I, it's a day over day, week over week, month over month, just getting the data you get to learn. But also there's people that are in my life that when things happen, they are just like, no, this is the time you grow. This is the time you go. You go, go, go. You don't sit around because most people are. Well, the one thing that I think has really stuck with me is I think it's Tony Robbins who said it. I'm not sure exactly who. But the one thing that stuck with me is that, you know, think about it. When you first start in your career, like you're just trying to get momentum. And it's so hard to get momentum when you're first starting, especially if you're in a sales job, obviously, and like commission type jobs. It's all sales. So you don't make money unless you actually close a deal. So it's very, very difficult to get momentum. So when you take these times where people are slowing down and not working and freaking out, what's happening is that you're actually losing momentum. And it's so hard to get your momentum going that like for me, I, that's my, the thing that I'm paranoid about is losing momentum because it's so hard to get it back. It's like, oh, I don't want to climb out of this hole again and try to build the momentum. So this is a good time now to kind of start building that momentum. And it is harder, of course, but you're going to be that much stronger in the end and probably have a lot of clients that you wouldn't have otherwise had because you were there when everyone else was stuck. Yeah. And the one thing, um, I, I don't remember who said this. It could have been a grant or somebody. Somebody said, how selfish of you as in your business? Maybe a loan officer saying is when times get tough, you're like, I'm going to throw in the towel. No, that's when your clients need you the most. That's when they need you to send more emails and more content and what, what, what's out there. Like if, if they want to buy a property, they want to refi, what are the options? Why would you do this? So this is the time where people that are, whether you're a CPA, whether you're, a loan officer, whether you're, you know, you sell real estate, whatever it is you do, people, you could be a therapist and they're going through a tough time. This is when people need you more than ever when times are tough. They don't need you to be weak and crawl in a hole. They need you. And this is why people that are really, really good at their craft, whatever it is, and during these times, they crush and succeed because people that need them, they're there to do it. You well, know? not to mention, too, I think when you have the momentum uh, that you keep going, even when things are slowing down and you figure out how to keep going and how to keep the momentum going, that you actually then put yourself in a, a good place to receive opportunity. So if you're stuck and you're sitting around and you're moping and you're not sure what to do and you're scared, 
you're missing opportunities because you're just not putting yourself out there to receive them. So now it's like, you know, this is a time when maybe there are less opportunities. So that's when you want to be out there more so that you could be the person to receive those opportunities when they come. Yeah. So I think pivoting, um, I think right now when we're shooting this podcast, I, the good thing is, is we record videos. I kept saying in 2020 and 2021, I kept telling Crystal over and over. And I said this on videos, these are the easiest. And people probably look at me and go, what are you crazy? Yes, there was COVID. Yes, people were dying. But let's, let's, get, let's face it. You didn't have to pay your bills. You literally didn't have to pay any bill. You could have not paid your cable bill. You could have said, COVID, can't pay bill. No problem, we'll forgive you. If you got let go of a job and you made 30,000 a year, and all of a sudden you made 50, then they gave you stimulus money, right? So times, monetary and all that were easy. Now, 2022, hello, gotta pay your rent, gotta pay your mortgage, gotta pay your power bill, gotta pay all your bills, gotta go back to work, right? Well, and if we're talking specifically about real estate, last year was one of the, like most people had one of their biggest years or some of their biggest years or their biggest year last year. And so here we are coming into 2022, which started off nicely in the first few days. And then rates rapidly started to rise. And like you said, a lot of people are starting to have to pay bills they didn't have to pay before. So we're kind of having this like perfect storm of all these things coming to a head that everyone wanted to avoid for the last few years. And so for, you know, of course, like we always say that, you know, the people who are like lower income or even middle class are going to have more problems than the wealthy people, obviously, because the wealthy always have money and they're making money and they're making, they killed it in the stock market the last few years and all of that. But now things are sort of coming to a head for everyone where we've got rising interest rates. And so investors don't know what to do with their money in the stock market or do they invest in real estate, but then interest rates are higher. And so there's all these kind of things going around in the market right now, and not to mention all the outside forces outside of the US and all of that that's going on. So it's just a unique time that we're in and we're in the middle of a market shift right now. Yeah. So right now, today, like I mentioned before, there are so many smart people, whether they're on Twitter, whether they're on a podcast, whether you can look them up on YouTube, that there's zero excuse. If you want to learn something and be in front of the smartest people, they're there. So I would say more importantly, who you listen to right now, could change the outcome of you have success or not. So if you're gonna sit there and watch your local news and that's how you're gonna learn about the recession and this and that, you're probably gonna fail and lose because those people don't know anything. The people that I listen to and I follow literally study data and that data, they talk about the data and this could be a day over, like this could be a daily thing, a weekly thing or monthly. So right now it's super important. The people that you're listening to or getting advice from are studying data. Like they know what is going on because things are changing rapidly, right? So let's just jump into it, right, Crystal? So boom, year started off, last year rates were low, you know, inflation as we come to the year was, you know, this time last year was, you know, the Fed, you can look it up, YouTube. We're not worried about inflation. It's gonna go away. Wait a minute, it's not going away. The end of this, you become this year, well, we're kind of getting worried about it. Right now, holy hell shit, we have a problem. We basically left the punch bowl out of the party. Somebody spiked it. Now we're, now we're in some serious problems. So what are you doing? Literally, the Federal Reserve now is having to do crazy things, just like they printed all the money and they gave all the money away. We're like, that is crazy. Now they're doing the opposite. They're like basically just pulling it all back 
and because they cannot control inflation. They cannot control food prices. They cannot control gas prices. They cannot control home, rent, any of this stuff. The biggest thing that people are spending their money right now on is energy, which is like food, gas, electric, all that. And, and so it's, it's killing them. I, um, Monty, we put together a weekly webinar, a monthly webinar, where all we do is literally look at data. We literally look at charts. I don't even give it a pay. I just look at it and we talk about it. They just came out with a little clip that said, the average person, and look, maybe you're watching this, this isn't affecting you, but the average person that is barely getting by, their bills just went up $500 a month, but they only are making $200 a month more. They are getting crushed. Credit card debts are at all time high. So that's why I said, just look at the data. So as we sit here right now, interest rates that would have been uh, what did we say? What did, we, what did they say? 4% was going to be the high. When Monty and I shot the Janu, January webinar, they said the highest interest rate by, I think, National Real Estate Association was one of them, said by the end of the year, we have 4%. You're over five now. Then, we were by the time we shot that, we were like, wait a minute, we're already at 4%. We're way over five. And that's wholesale. That's not like retail rates. So, Rates are fives to sixes right now, no problem, right? So my rates rose really, really quickly, and then we're gonna jump over to Crystal. So obviously right now in May 12th that we shoot this today, this is what we're starting to realize. Definitely on the investment property side, two to four units, I'm gonna talk about San Diego. We're just starting to see, as, as basically our, our guy Logan at um, Housing Wire said, more time on the market. So things are sitting a little bit longer. The deals that don't make as much sense, they're getting price reductions. So, oh, the, the market's gonna crash, it's going down. I'm like, look, maybe the deal that was priced or listed was some crazy price to begin with that should have never been listed, okay, guys? Just because somebody puts a price out there doesn't mean that's reality. So, and my thing right now, if you're trying to buy a home in you know, Poway or uh, Carmel Valley, and you're still having bidding wars, yeah, because everybody else wants to buy a home there because of Valley. So, with me, the primary stuff is still having issues, meaning there's just not enough inventory, too much demand, but the two to four units, we're starting to see certain deals, maybe get a little bit forgiveness on the price. And so- Well, rates are so much higher for a two to yeah, exactly. four, generally but, but But moving over to Crystal, Crystal probably didn't have a rate change until like quarter two. Maybe I should talk about that. Yep. Uh, yeah, no. Where are you at? Have, Where are you guys at? We didn't have right a rate now? change um, until probably uh, a month or a month and a half ago, they started kind of trickling up. And what we're seeing now is a, for purchases, I'm doing a lot more quotes with a lot less deals going in contract or people going back to negotiate because it, the rate might not be such a big deal. Like our rates are in the fours now, like low to mid fours. No threes. No threes. In fact, the last lender that we had that was in the threes basically stopped lending temporarily because they waited to raise rates and then they got so busy that they need to take a break like one of our, just to catch like up. Like one of our private so, bank lenders, yeah. Um, I'm seeing rates in the fours. That's not necessarily so scary for investors. Yeah, it sucks because, you know, like we locked in our apartments at 3.1 right before rates went up. So, so that was amazing. And now it's like low to mid fours. So that's not that's something that an investor can get over. But the problem is, is that it's killing loan dollars. So now you're going in contract and, you know, in San Diego, I mean, the most of the country has really compressed cap rates anyways. But let's say that you're going to buy a value add deal. I, I looked at a value add deal recently and it's like a 2.2 cap on current and then like a 4.1 cap on market. But your rate is four and a quarter. 
So, you know, how do these numbers work out for you? So now it's like, I got to go back to the drawing board and ask for a discount. And then brokers have to have these conversations with sellers to say, hey, look, rates run up. And now people aren't getting loan dollars. You're not going to get as much demand. They need a discount. So all these conversations are happening. So we're in the middle of a transition where I think that the market is shifting a little bit away from a seller's market and a little bit more to a balanced market. Uh, but there is still a high level of demand. But you guys still, in your, in your sector, meaning we say real estate as a whole, you know, there's single family, there's two to four, you're doing five plus, there's still a lack of inventory. There's still a lack of inventory regardless. Yeah, we're still seeing a serious lack of inventory. And do you even know what yours is down? Or Nick, do you know? Do you know what inventory's down? Like for residential, Monty even knows. Monty, how much are we down? 80% down. Boom. We're 80% down from a normal market, like in San Diego for like, a, let's say a just single family condos. Do you normal. guys know what you're down, like a normal listing? Let's say there's a thousand apartment buildings. Would there be 200 now? Yeah. So you guys are down. You don't know the numbers, but it's down. I mean, I just know that there's a, it's, it's probably at least guys are at least 50%. And you know where I'm seeing less people deals. being, yeah. yeah, people are being priced out more too on the smaller deals where like maybe people are trying to make that crossover from residential to commercial because there's so much more money required down just to get into the deal. And there's just so many more, um, factors that are involved with financing like for example somebody can go to you and get a two to four unit loan and you can global do cash flow you can do 70 percent ltv or whatever 75 75 so for me i can go to 75 but i'm just never hitting it and so now that rates went up now Oof. the deal that you would normally put 35 percent down on you're maybe putting 40 or 45 percent down on so and the other thing that was really big is bridge so bridge loans were really big not only am i seeing okay well, let's just stop for a minute what exactly is a bridge loan? Because somebody might listen and go, I don't even know what a bridge so loan is. So if you're going to buy a property that has like value add and it doesn't qualify, let's say that rents are really low and the property needs some work and you're planning on, you know, renovating the units and bringing it up to market, you would probably want to go get a bridge loan. Of course, you can go get a private money loan. Bridge is sort of the hybrid between a conventional loan and a private money loan. So you can get more money on a bridge loan because the lender knows your plan to renovate the units. You kind of put together, say, hey, I'm planning on investing X amount of dollars, turning the units, running them for this amount of rent in this amount of time. And based on is that- there, Is there a requirement that you have to hit a certain uh, rent increase? Whether, you know, look, if you rehab whatever by a certain amount of time, is it a requirement? No, not for most lenders because the loans, I mean, I guess in a, in a way there is a requirement because the loans are two to three years. So within two to three You're years- You're a problem if you don't hit it. You need an exit strategy in two to three years. Just for yourself. For yourself. Okay. Yeah, so- those loans, though, are uh, becoming more difficult to get, uh, and lenders are not as willing to do them as they have been in the past. So either they're pulling out of that market for now, just taking a break to see what's happening, or they're using a stress rate, and their stress rate now is in the sixes. So now whenever Whoa. you're qualifying deals oh, that we used to qualify so... at 4.2, let's say, wow. are qualifying at 6.1, for example, one of our lenders, that's a huge difference. So it almost sounds like it, it almost sounds like I hate to say it, like banks really, if they want to give you a loan, they're just really like they're not doing you favors right now. It's no. a, the days of low rates and giving you favors and accept it's kind of like we're not doing that's not gonna happen. Now's right not now. the time. Okay, so, so let's talk about this. Um 
because I don't want to drag this out forever, this podcast for people. Somebody right now is buying a five plus unit. They realize prices are still high. Why? Supply demand, right? Also, why, why would people overpay for a property or pay? Because a lot of people might have cash that's sitting in a bank where they're earning zero. As Crystal said, it is not zero. You're getting 0.5, but then inflation's 8.5. So you're actually losing 7.5. But that inflation rate, folks, just so you know, does not include gas or food. Mathematically, you're losing. So you're losing a shit ton of money. So Crystal, let's say you need yeah. to deploy your money. So you're going to go put it and buy a four, uh, five plus unit. What? Are you, what are you recommending? What are you telling people that need to go out there and say, hey, I don't want to get screwed on this, rate this and that? What product? What are you recommending? What should people be doing? Well, it depends on where you're at. So, for example, the building that we're buying, we basically got a two-year bridge loan. And I'm comfortable with that because this is our business. This is what we know. And you know. And you know. I'm comfortable with this. So, certain people who are experienced real estate investors might also feel the same. They're okay. They're comfortable. They are comfortable with the fact that likely just like any time that rates go up and the government puts us into a recession, they then have to Hello, stimulate. The government puts us into a recession. Yeah, they do. They do. So they play this it's little, literally what this, they're doing. it's like a game. It's like a yo-yo. So they're going to put us into the recession. And then at some point they're going to say, Hey, this is like really bad. Now, now we have to stimulate the economy. How do we do that? Well, we're going to have to drop rates to entice people to start spending money again. So that's going to happen. I feel confident about it. But if you don't, because I talk to a lot of clients all day long that are like, who knows, maybe the rates are going to be 15% in a few years. And I don't want to deal with that. So this is my recommendation has been the same, no matter what market that we're in. If you're conservative and you're averse to risk, A, I think that apartments are the safest investment you could possibly make, regardless of what program you go on. Um, But B, if you're wondering which program you should go on, I usually say five years is really fast. 10 years is too long. Um, you, this is an investment vehicle, meaning it's, it moves. So if you have goals to maybe trade up, refi, cash out to buy another property, uh, somebody comes in, brings you an offer and you weren't even planning on selling your property. The problem is, is a lot of times if you go into a 10 year fix, you might be very limited by a prepayment penalty. So generally speaking, I usually, I usually recommend that somebody goes on a seven year fixed because it's enough time to get you through a real estate cycle and also allows you the flexibility um, to, to be fluid in your investing and in your business. So that has always been my recommendation. It has not changed no matter what market that we're in. Me personally, I have done a seven-year fix once, and the only time I did it, I regretted it because we move quickly. So it just depends on what season you are in your life. We're at a phase where we're trying to grow. So in order to grow, we need to have flexibility. So if you need that, maybe you go on a shorter-term fixed. I'm not, you know, I talk to people all the time that are coming from your world residential. And they're like, wow, isn't that scary? I, um, I want a 30 year fix. Okay. Well, when's the last time you held a loan for 30 years? Never. They're not even dead. How quickly did you refinance your property? Mm, A few, two, three years. Okay. Why do you need 30 years? Like that's just something that's been ingrained in us to get a 30 year fix. Most, I tell people most foreign countries do arms. They don't have 30 year fixes besides Japan, Europe and stuff. It's all arms. Crystal, a couple of things I want to note that I'm going to jump in, but I want to say to you for your, and I know you'll uh, agree right now, if you're buying an apartment building and you truly think I'm going to value add it, I'm going to want to get and refi this when rates drop, you definitely do not want to take on a long-term prepay because you're going to get stuck in that prepay. If rates come down, you won't take the opportunity. The second thing is keep in mind, one of the positive things here about 
apartments where we're not, where there is positive, is rents are going to continue to go up. Why? Supply, demand. People are not going to be buying homes. They're out, so they're going to have to rent. So rents are going to continue to go up. And remember, there should have been 20 million units in the last decade, Bill, between you know condos and houses and two to four units and apartments. There was 5 million. So just after the financial meltdown of 2008, uh, when you and I kind of started our whole thing and met yep. and got together, it's it's interesting because I had multiple clients who were like, I want a 10-year fixed. Who knows what's going to happen? This market is crazy. How many regretted them? The sky is falling. Every one of them. Give me a 10-year fixed. Are you sure? And at the time, it was like, you know, agency was kind of like the only thing. So you'd have to get these yield maintenance prepays, which are very unforgiving, especially in a market where rates are going down. Um, so... Yes, every single person that I reluctantly did a 10-year fixed with regretted that decision uh, later. Because guess what? Rates dropped. There was more opportunity. They could have refied and pulled cash out. They could have sold their property. And now they have to like grapple with these large, these humongous prepays. So um, yeah, I don't think that a 10-year fixed is really realistic. Uh, this is an investment and it is very, very rare that people hold on to their property for 10 years without doing anything to it in terms of financing or selling or any of that. So I don't personally recommend a 10-year fixed. Uh, but like I said, there are those like unicorns out there. I've had a couple of clients who've had their, their loans forever. And I'm sure you've had those people too, where you're like, holy shit, you had your loan since 1990? That's crazy. You know, so uh, we've definitely done those, but they're few and far between. So you really if need you're, to If far. you're active, you're not going to keep it long. You're just, you're Yeah, and not. honestly... The, I try to look at myself and this is like a good exercise for you to do because are you making this decision out of fear or are you making this decision because it is your plan? It's a business decision. Right. So what I'm saying is, are you just fearful that rates are going to go high forever? Like we're all scared, right? Like maybe uh, we could get an earthquake and I could like fall through the crack and die. I don't know. You know, like these are things that are possible. So are you making the decision out of fear or are you making this decision because it's part of your business plan? What is your business plan? What is your goal? How big do you want to be? What do you want to do? So you have to make the decision based on a business plan, not based on fear of what's going to happen. Yeah. So my side of the business, my take is almost similar, but a lot of people are saying, what do I do? Number one, shop your rate, telling you, from me to competitors, literally the rates can be a point difference. You should be looking at buying down your rate right now. Not crazy, but you might have to pay a point. I know you're not used to it. Get over it. It's just part of the game. The other thing is a lot of people are pushing these DSCR loans, which is pretty much like a commercial loan. If you are going to do those, like I tell everybody, you're probably going to be refinancing your home, your whatever, the two to four units in the next 12, 24 months. If you lock yourself in a five-year prepay, that's 5%. You are going to have some serious regret and you're going to get really pissed off when you not cannot refi out. And some people, they're going to just pay this exorbitant prepay because they got stuck into it. And also, look around. Arm options are great. Arm options can literally be a half a point to a point lower. And if you know you're going to refi, like Crystal said, in a year or two, if rates drop, just do an arm. Don't be scared about it. Look at it. Research it. Look at the information on it. The reason why people scared of arms are like, well, I know a guy that had an arm that was it was in 2007. He lost everything. Guys, if you're going to compare back to some guy in 2007 that lost an arm because of an arm, I guarantee you if we called that person up, he was probably like 100% finance on a property, okay? 
And he had three other properties. He probably had a neg am loan and he was making the that, That's what I'm payment. saying. Let's so we're, we're talking, we're not it was talking. like 125% exactly. LTV by the time he and, lost and, his property. And, and, and like, you know, all, this quick story. I did a loan for a gentleman. Um, he's pulling cash out to go deploy and, and buy investment property. He's like, you know, Kenny, my wife's a little bit, um, doesn't want to do this. I said, why? He goes, well, I got to be honest with you. We lost three homes in the last crash. I said, okay, perfect. I go, can we get your wife on the phone? What? Can you bring her to the phone? Put me on speaker. Hey guys, nice to meet you. Great. I have a, I have one question for you. Just one. He goes, one. I said, that's it. Now this will change your mind forever. He goes, really? I go, yep. I said, the three properties that you owned. Yes. Did any of them, them cash flow? They literally looked at each other. I said, hello. He said, no, they're all negative. I said, so you bought three properties because you were buying them just to make the equity play. Yeah. And they didn't cash flow. Exactly. And why did you lose them? He goes, because they didn't cash flow. So the property we're looking at right now, this four unit, does it cash flow? He goes, yeah. Oh, okay. We're buying, yeah, you're buying properties at cash flow. You're not buying three homes at 100% LTV because you think they're going to appreciate and you're going to flip them. And his wife went like, oh my gosh, you're right. We, we, that's literally why we bought them is because we were losing $500 a month each. I said, yeah, so when the market crumbled, and you lost, you just said, give them well, back. Well, this is the thing that is so interesting to me is because <laughs> I, our lenders want apartment ownership experience. And I have a lot of clients or people who are trying to make this crossover to apartments that decide that, you know, they don't really like the terms of my commercial loans and they're just like a little too scary. They're not ready to make that jump. It just feels more it's cozy not comfortable. to go buy a two to four unit. But let me tell you this, a residential lender will let you fail. They will go and give you a 75% LTV loan when the property is negative. 100%. They will let you do that. As if no you can cover with your other income, 100%. Outside of Bridge, which is only for experienced investors, a lender for an apartment loan will never let you fail. Nope. Why? Because they only lend to you based on what the property can support. It's based on cash flow. So they are not- It has to cash flow. It has to cash flow. It's about the safest loan that you can possibly get. So that's why it's always interesting to me that mo more people feel cozy about their 30-year fixed on their negative cash flowing property than they do about Good going point. to buy an apartment building. So that's one thing. The other tip, you had this tip about shopping the loan. My tip is a little bit different because I, I tend, the thing that is, so you can go online and shop a residential loan like easy. I mean, you can go on to- you know, Rocket Mortgage or all these online companies. And then you can call Kenny up and he can give you a pricing and you can call some other guy up and you can do all that. So with apartments, it takes a little bit more time. Lenders have to look at this. And the biggest problem that I'm having right now is with clients that are waiting. So you give them a quote and they go, well, you know, let me think about it. And a couple of weeks later, they call me and they go, Crystal, I'm ready to move forward. And I'm like, yeah, your rate just jumped like three eights. And, uh, or hey, this lender like decided they're taking a break. So while you sat around thinking about it for a week, and I hate to say this because I had a client the other day that I, I said, hey, look, you got to lock. Otherwise rates are changing. And he was traveling, you know, in Canada. This, this is like the case. Like we live the good life. This is why we want to be apartment owners. I'm on vacation and it's not convenient for me to like call in a wire to like lock in my rate. And then he goes, this is crazy. You're, you're, you're like, putting a gun to my head to, to lock this rate. And I'm like, well, everybody else is in your boat too. Like everybody's in your boat. So this is the point. If you sit around and think that is going to be an issue because if you wait too long, your rate's going to go up. The program might not be available anymore. And I hate to say this and nobody wants to be rushed, but guess what? We're all in the same boat. If you sit around and you wait 
for a few days even, sometimes even a day, your rate might go up. This is where we're at in the market. It's We don't have the time that we had before. In fact, Kenny and I are delivering news that we don't really want to deliver anymore. And, you know, for the last five years, it's been great news. Congratulations, I got you a lower rate. Congratulations, we got you more money. You know, everything's been great, great, great. And now it's the opposite. Your rate went up. The lender fell out. You know, can't get the deal done. So these are times where if you get a deal that works for you, you need to move and you don't need to sit on it for another week. Otherwise, you're going to be regretting the fact that you sat around and now you've got a higher rate or you don't have a deal at all. Yeah, I mean, it's guys, it's pretty simple. The government, the feds, they have to slow down inflation. How do you slow down inflation? You make the cost of capital more expensive. It doesn't matter if it's for a business. It doesn't matter if it's for real estate. It doesn't matter. It's got whatever. Everything is costing more money to slow down. And I posted the other day, 70% of GDP is consumer spending. Majority of consumers that spend money use debt. Three things are happening. They're either don't have enough debt. Like they basically tapped out debt right now. There's no more. So now they got to cut costs. They, they can't go charge it. So now they can only live off what they make, right? The second thing is, is that they can't even afford to service more debt. Or the third thing is they actually, their credit card company said no mas, they can't get any more debt, right? This is what we're dealing with right now. So consumer spending is going to slow. It's going to cause problems. Even Jerome Powell said, when you raise interest rates, it makes people not want to go out and get loans to grow a business, to expand a business, to buy a home, to buy an investment property, to buy a car, to, to get the credit card, to buy furniture, right? It basically says, eh, it used to be 0% financing, now it's 5%. Yeah, I'm not going to do that right now. And now you're hearing, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. In an economy, we're a consumer-driven economy. We're not like China where we export stuff, guys. We consume it. You don't want to hear somebody say, I'm going to wait. And what Crystal's telling you is this isn't the time to say, yeah, that's a great rate. Let me think about it. And well, I got to go, go on vacation. Who else no, has guys, a better deal? What you're understanding is the lenders that Crystal gave you that's rate. When she says, hey, this is the best rate I have, that lender, the reason why that's the best, because they've decided to hold the rate a little bit lower than everybody else, but they also might get next week and go, you know what, Crystal, the Fed's bumped at 50 basis points. We can't hold anymore. Or we got so many loans, we can't even keep up. Exactly. We're going to take a break. So here's what's happening. The lenders that have the lowest rates, we have one private bank we deal with. They literally left the rates in completely low. They called us and basically said this, we have enough loans in the pipeline for five months of business. We don't need any more. That's what they're telling Crystal on the commercial level. They don't need your business. They have enough. So if they're low rates, lock it in. It's not even a chance they go up. It's a chance they said, you know what? We don't. They don't even need your loan right now. So when somebody tells you it's Crystal, I whatever to jump on it and lock in, this is the time to, excuse my French, fuck around and wait around. We're not in that environment. Jerome Powell could come out in a month and raise the another 50 basis points. This is a time where things are going to get tough. If it's a great rate and you like it, jump through a window, lock it in, get it secured. Like I said, have the prepay lower if you want to refi out, but this is the time to wait around well, for a better deal. And it's this not is the tough happen. part because we're obviously, you know, let's wrap it up sort here. of in sales. So it's like, you don't want to listen because it feels like a sales 
Like I even sometimes feel dirty calling people to say, you got to lock this thing because it's going to change. I'm not a hard seller. I'm like, let me present you the facts and then you make a decision to move forward. So it feels a little bit salesy right now, but this is the time where it is true. Like if you turn on the television, if you watch the markets at all, you can follow this. Now, the last myth that I want to bust here, like that is the thing that I've been hearing recently because I talked to some of my lenders and I've even heard this regurgitated and I was victim to it the first time I reiterated the information I was told. You will hear a lender saying, well, you know, the rates aren't really going to go up too much more because it's already built in. Like they already built in this like pad. So they're not going to raise rates. Well, that's a bunch of BS. Every single lender that told me that it was padded and built in has since raised their rates again. So when somebody tells you that, like it's because they're hopeful that rates aren't going up anymore. It's not because they're actually not going to go up. They're not in control right now. They're like in denial. Like it cannot go up anymore. This is ridiculous. This is crazy. The truth of the matter is, watch the freaking treasuries. If the treasuries are going up, your rates are going up. Like every single lender. Not even that, that Crystal. Some of the lenders are also tied to Prime, where Jerome Powell's raising it, and they got a raise because of the spreads they're dealing with. So, basically, to wrap up, there's a lot of pressure on the banks to raise rates because they're they just have pressure where they how they get money. There's a lot of pressure for people to buy real estate to make a loan work. But it's becoming very challenging when rates are high, the numbers aren't working, whether it's for me, somebody buying a primary residence, like, hey, your DTI is too high. What do you mean? It's, yeah, you were qualified for a million. Now it's 800. What? Yeah, that was six months ago when the rate was 2% lower. What do I do? I don't know what you do. Wait. Why can't buy? I don't want to buy $800,000. You got to wait. Put more money down. And keep paying this expensive rent. Well, do you have another choice? There is no choice. So we're just in an environment where being around the right people is super important. Listening to the people that are professionals that are like getting data on a daily basis. And that's why I spend so much time and energy on collecting information, getting data to present back to you guys. And Crystal comes and asks me, what's going on? What do you think? Like all the time, because my ear is to the ground and you have to know, like you guys are sitting there living your life, doing your thing. But when you're coming to somebody in real estate and you're asking a professional opinion, they're spending the time, energy to go learn it and give it to you. You've got to listen to them. Well, the difference is though too, and that's why it's, I think actually not to shamelessly plug your monthly webinar, but it is good because... Shamelessly plug it, please. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good to listen because the one thing that you do that is very time consuming, so he's you're very passionate about knowing about the market and what's going on in the economy and the world and all these things. So you're like an encyclopedia for everything that's going on. If I ask you, oh, did you hear about this? Yeah, I read about that. You know, it's one of those things. So you have to get like well-rounded information. You listen to a lot of different people. You do listen to people who are frequently on the news all the time, but you also listen to a lot of other people who aren't necessarily. And you listen to people from the right and people from the left and people in the middle and, you know, all of these different things. And then you kind of are able to formulate your own opinion based on all the information that you've gathered. Not everybody wants to take all that time to do that, which is why uh, your webinar is really valuable and it's all data-driven, which is really cool. It's not just... Your opinion. Even the podcast we do, the people we interview, you know, it's yep. just we're asking the questions like the same thing. And so in wrapping up, I think we sit here, it's May twelfth. Uh, things are th- things have really no He loves th- May twelfth today. Yeah, I guess so. Things have rapidly changed this year. I think we're definitely gonna see some craziness ahead. But like I said, is if you're gonna if you're gonna plan on buying real estate, the rate might be higher, the deal might not make as much sense. But I think in the long term, you're going to do really, really well because as we go back, this is an asset that, like Crystal said, you put the money down, 
you can raise the rents, you have the ability to trust in yourself. This isn't a stock, this isn't a bond, this isn't a treasury, this isn't crypto. This is something that you see it, you feel it, you touch it, and you can actually control it yourself and run it yourself. Yeah, I wouldn't say, like, people ask me all the time, is now a good time to buy? I'm like, there's always deals. So it's not to say that there's, because rates are up, there's no deals. There are always deals. You have to, the numbers have to work and it has to make sense for you, but there are always deals. So I don't, this is not for me, like a time where I'm scared to buy real estate or telling people not to buy real estate right now. Now's the time where it's like, yeah, crunch the numbers. If it works, go make an offer. Yeah. And guess what? If it's the price is a little too high, why don't you reach out and see? The worst you can hear is no. If you have your price, you can reach out to the broker, talk to them about it, see if the price is within the ballpark. And you know what? Even if they tell you no, then you might see that deal still around in a, a month or two and you might get it at your price. I, so, I agree. And like what they're not telling you is that that seller is probably getting the same information saying, hey, we're going to list it out here, but rates are up. And that agent that's good saying, hey, I just want to let you know it's getting tougher for people to qualify. So let's see what we can happen. So yeah, if you got, you got a, you got a fish on the hook, maybe you just go with that. Like I always take say that too. What does they say? One, one in the hand is better than two in the bush or whatever. A bird in the hands. Yeah. Bird in the hand, whatever. So we've even had that when we're selling our properties, like shit, like we have this offer. It's not really what we want. Like, what should we do? Sometimes you're like, they're here. Like just go with it. So yeah. that's going to be the market. I think in time, it just, it's going to take sellers a little while. So I wouldn't be deterred from looking at deals and buying deals. It's like, if the numbers work, they work. The cool thing about real estate is it's math. I mean, it's pretty basic. Yeah, so, and, and rents are gonna continue to go yeah. up, supply demand. So we went a little bit longer, but I think this is like very important times. It's very real. Um, and I will leave you with this. Right now, the government is doing QT, which is quantitative tightening. So if you don't understand that, you should definitely go learn it. When they start doing QE, that will definitely change things with stocks and crypto and real estate and low rates. But right now, the reason why rates aren't going to go low and things aren't going to change immediately in the future right now is because they have to slow down this train, which they created. And so hopefully today we gave you a little bit of nuggets, what we're doing, what we're seeing, what we're healing, what we're hearing and what we're telling clients. But otherwise, I appreciate you guys listening and Glad you could join us here in New York while we're having cocktails and talking about all this fun. Well, even though stuff. I'm having a last word, I'll let you have the last word. <laughs> <laughs> One time. <Woo! laughs> Thanks, guys, for watching and listening.